Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Well, this morning we're gonna do something a little different. Uh, Last Sunday, after uh, we had talked about Freedom City Church, I thought, you know what, it's one thing for me to be able to to tell you about John and Hannah Allered and what they're doing with Freedom City, but I thought it would be good for them to be able to meet you, so I called John Sunday afternoon, said, hey, would you be willing? I know you got stuff going on. In fact, he's gonna preach a little later this morning at 10.30, he's preaching. So uh, we're taking up time uh, out of his morning, but he was kind enough to come. Would you join me in welcoming John and Hannah Allered to the church this morning? We love you guys so much. Thank you, Pastor John. So you may be seated. I'm gonna, I just would like you to hear a little bit about their story. So, uh, John, you found Christ in a New Mexico prison, right? Yeah, you know, that's right. I, I come from a, a background of addiction and uh, heroin addiction and rock cocaine and uh, selling drugs and affiliated with uh, a major Mexican cartel. Uh, found myself on a lonely prison cell and just had a radical uh, encounter with uh, Jesus Christ and wow. solitary. That's amazing. And then Hannah, you grew up in Brooklyn, New York, right? And how did you wind up in this part of the country? So I went through the Long Island Teen Challenge program when I was 17 years old, and after graduating the program, I came to do college in Springfield. Okay, so they were telling me before in the office that, I said, well, how'd how'd you all meet? She said, well, I tried to lead him to the Lord as he was street witnessing. I met him on the street and tried to lead him to the Lord. So uh, these two are, I mean, they're hardcore about reaching people for Jesus Christ. So you guys meet, you get married, and then, Freedom City Church in Springfield. So what made you think of Springfield? Well, you know, Pastor John, when uh, we came here, it was just to attend uh, university and seminary uh, and then go uh, plant churches elsewhere. Uh, But being in North Springfield, you know, for the past 11 years, we just really began to see the need, you know, the brokenness, the poverty, the addiction, uh, and we felt God leading us to to stay in Springfield. And so uh, it took a a little while longer for God to convince a Brooklyn girl to stay in Springfield, but God uh, came through, so we're, we're here. Well, what's the mission of Freedom City Church? Tell us, I mean, what are you guys all about? Yeah, so the the mission of Freedom City is to reach those that are are far from God, you know, and uh, through recovery homes, uh, outreach, uh, community development, and, and, and Pastor John, we believe, as you know, we believe that this is a movement that God is raising up, not only in North Springfield, but we believe that, that one day in the urban centers of the United States, we'll see the same model replicated to bring many sons and daughters to glory. Oh, that's awesome, isn't it? Now, in addition to the building uh, that you have here in town, you also have ministry going on in, in Branson and at Ozarks Correctional Center. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so we started uh, uh, the first campus in, in Branson uh, several years ago, and then a couple years ago, we started a, a prison campus at Ozark Correctional Center. So what's great about that is uh, um, the, the prisoners are able to uh, watch our city, our, our uh, uh, um, sermons, you know, on a video campus, you know, and be a part of the church before they even get out. So then they get out and they're released to one of our recovery programs, you know, go through a year-long discipleship, and then they can get plugged in at the church. So it really helps people come from prison, you know, all the way to being uh, successful, returning citizens. Uh, we have a few that graduated from college already that wow. met the Lord in the prison campus. Now, during COVID, you weren't allowed to go in weekly. They, they were going in and holding weekly services. That's going to restart here soon? Yes, it is. Yeah, we're going to start going back in weekly. Mm -hmm. That is so awesome. Now, you and I, we were walking around the building, and so there is Freedom City Church. Mm -hmm. It's at the corner of Division and Broadway. Uh, tell us about how you picked that building, how you wound up uh, leasing that building. Yeah, so in uh, about 2014, uh, I'm in seminary. We lived a couple blocks from there. Uh, driving by there one time, felt the Lord, just a strong impression that God was going to give us that building. Uh, so we began to uh, circle it. We began, I was reading uh, Mark Batterson's book, Circle Makers, at the time. We started doing circles around that building, claiming it, laying on. hands on it. Come on. <laughs> We might, have thrown, we might have poured out a few Mountain Dew drink offerings, come on somebody, but, you know, and, and prayed it. And so, uh, but it was really Im impossible for us to get in that building, you know, but uh, we ended up, uh, uh, the owner ended up uh, allowing us to, owner, uh, uh, he owner financed it for us. So he called me, we were trying to get in the building. I had reached out to him. And then uh, uh, after we had launched at the Evangel Seminary, he said, well, I'm ready to sell the building. Building, do you want to buy it? And I said, yes. I figured that was God's answer. Now all we got to do is get a loan. <laughs> a little church plant on the north side, a year old. And so... And this was back in 2015? Yes. Yep. And so uh, we launched at AGTS and he called and said, do you want it? So I tried to get a loan, you know, and could not. And what I had was a little picture. Uh, I had a little like Google Maps picture of, of the church like you showed right here with the name of the church on it. And I put it under, in my church, in my home office so I could pray. And you know, we believed God was gonna give us that building and we prayed for it, kept it before me every morning during my devotions. And uh, he ended up, we couldn't get the loan so he owner financed it. And so that was uh, five years ago. We've been paying interest only for uh, five years, but we know that God uh, uh, gave us that building. Well, you know, he was telling me, as we were sitting there on the street, yeah, he was telling about having circled the building. I started to smile and kind of laugh, and he said, Wait, what's so funny? I said, that's the way it works in the kingdom. I mean, right. I've walked around almost every piece of property we have and prayed in the pastoral staff. And, you know, sometimes God puts something in your heart. You just know it's his will, and you just have to pray into existence and that's exactly what you guys have done i know that you guys with COVID and all you've had a lot going on what we wanted to do with part of our season of giving is we wanted to bless you we wanted to give you a uh, little getaway weekend and so uh annie has some flowers for you oh. we've got a card there that we want Thank to give you, you. and uh, i hope you can get some rest i hope you guys can Thank enjoy you. some time with your family and all and you know 
I just have to say, being a part of this and interacting with you has really been miraculous. Um, last week, we shared with you um, the need of Freedom City Church. We've never done that before in terms of saying, hey, let's try to raise the money to give somebody a Christmas gift. You know, it was a miraculous moment. I, I, it was, you know, across the campuses, the campus pastor said people were standing and cheering. And so there were two prophecies that were given to me that morning. And I, I really sensed in my heart before I got them what God was going to do. But both prophecies said, you know, you're going to have the money in 24 hours. Mm. And so John and Hannah, the Lord's faithful. We want to give you a check. Thank you. Thank you. There was, I'm going to let you respond here in just a moment. There was an extra that came in. And so in addition to this, we're going to replace your rooftop units, all of them. Make sure you have, they're on the last leg. That we, when we talked about it. He said, we need new rooftop units. So we're going to pay for that as well. You'll be able to get those all taken care of. Thanks to you and your generosity at all the camps in Washington. Thanks to the Lord. The Lord is working in such power. You know, we, we've been praying, our, our team has been praying, you know, when you have uh, uh, 60 days to come up with uh, three quarters of a million dollars or so, you know, you, uh, you need a miracle. And uh, I just want to thank you, Pastor John and, and, and Pastor Debbie and uh, James River Church for getting behind Freedom City Church. I'm excited to see what God continues to do. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor John. I love you. Love you. Bless you guys. Merry Christmas. Wow. Is that exciting? Well, thank you very much for your faithfulness, your generosity. Um, really, what happened last Sunday was miraculous from start to finish. You could sense the hand of the Lord, that it was a divine appointment, that it was uh, really something that was supernatural in so many ways. And as I thought about it and have reflected back over this week at all that God is doing, and what he is doing is really astounding in so many dimensions. We're clearly in a season of what I would call unprecedented grace. One of the great things of being at a church for 30 years is you have, a, you have an opportunity to look and you know what's happened in different moments, different seasons. But to look back and to see that what is happening now is unlike anything we have ever seen. For those who are maybe visiting, those who are watching, and I hope you understand the heart behind this is not bragging on us, it's always bragging on the Lord. The Bible says, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, 
make known among the nations what he has done. So we're, we're talking about what God is doing because what we're seeing is so far beyond our own ability, it's literally breathtaking. I mean, already this year, and we've got another month to go, we've had 1,693 people who have made decisions for Christ. I mean, come on, that's so exciting. We've had 1,356 people who've been baptized in water. We have more people filled with the Spirit this year than any year I've ever seen. Based on you know just watching what's happening in the youth, what's happening in the kids area, what's happening in our services on Wednesday and even on Sunday, the reports of what God is doing, it's really staggering. Last week, you know, in the second service, I mean, the Lord moved in the first service, but the second service was very, very unique. And, and in the middle of the sermon, we, had, we stopped and did time for healing. And in this auditorium, as hands were lifted across the auditorium of people who said God healed them and amazing testimonies that we've heard since, it's really breathtaking again to watch what God is doing. As well, to think that this year already, James River has had record missions giving. We've given five and a half million dollars to missions. I mean, that is unbelievable. And then you look at the Joplin campus and it's, you know, it's done now finally and, and it's debt free. And you look at the renovation that's happening here and at the other campuses, how God has gone before us. And then your season of giving, which what season of giving is, is it's, it's from the holiday season, middle of November to the end of December. And we take one offering to be able to bless literally thousands of people. And so we lay out what we think we can do and, and uh, your generosity was so great that for the first time ever, I was like, hey, we don't need to give anymore. We have given, you have given so much that we're going to have more than enough to do what we need to do. And then on top of that, to come back last week and to say, hey, listen, I get that you've given before to season of giving, and I don't want anybody to feel put on the spot. Nobody has to do anything, but this is something that's in my heart. I want to share it with you. And then to watch that kind of supernatural response to Freedom City Church, to John and Hannah. That is really amazing. And again, it is an example of God's miraculous work in this place. That's what's so important for me that you would realize that every one of us who's a part of this would recognize we're in a unique season where God is visiting the church. I was talking to some staff this last week. I said, the wrong thing to conclude is that you could just get up any time and see that kind of money come in. When, when God is working, it's amazing what happens. But when you try to do it on your own or through your own human effort, it's very, very difficult. So we're in a place and in a season where there is a move of God that is supernatural in every way. And so what I'd like us to do, we've talked about responding to a move of God from Acts chapter 2 and as we're in our Power Today series and what that looks like. But it being Thanksgiving weekend, I thought it would be really appropriate for us as a church to do what all of us hopefully did personally over the last few days, and that is to stop and to pause long enough to give thanks to God for all that God has done because God has been better to us than we could imagine, certainly better than we deserve. 
and we're watching God work in a very amazing way. And so in order to prepare our hearts to do that, I want to take just a moment and I want to talk to you from a psalm in the Bible, Psalm 100. It's uniquely called a Thanksgiving psalm. Do you realize this is the only psalm in the Bible that's called a Thanksgiving psalm? The superscription is not written by modern day editors, but it was written by those who were writing the Bible. This is recognized as one of the Psalms that is designed for Thanksgiving. I'm gonna read it to you from the message, which is a modern day paraphrase by a man named Eugene Peterson. He has since passed away. But what I love about the message is it gives you the, the Hebrew sense of, of the text in a contemporary way. Let's look at it, Psalm 100, verse one. On your feet now, applaud God. That's what Thanksgiving is. Thanksgiving is literally a standing ovation for the Lord. I don't know what you thought it was. I'm saying this is what the Bible says it is. It's a standing O for the one who deserves it above everyone and everything else. The heart of thanksgiving is not just an internal feeling, it's an external expression. He goes on and says this, bring a gift of laughter, sing yourselves into his presence. Know this, God is God and God, God. He made us, we didn't make him. Where his people is well-tended sheep. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank him, worship him, for God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and forever. In the next few moments, I just briefly want to talk about Psalm 100, and I want to point out three things to you. First of all, Thanksgiving is a call to celebration. It's a call to celebration. Psalm 100 in verse one, shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Thanksgiving isn't something you just feel on the inside. You know, like, oh, I'm so thankful. I feel so thankful. That's where it starts. But if you don't take it to the outside, you've not completed where it's designed to end. Thanksgiving is designed to be an external expression of joy, a standing O to God, a shout to God in Psalm 100. It's not the first time we see that. In Psalm 33, we read this, shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous, praise befits the upright. It, what's that word befits mean? We don't use it a lot. It means it's appropriate for the righteous. When you're walking with God, Praise is appropriate. When you're walking with God, praise is suitable. When you're walking with God, praise is proper. It's the right response to say, God, you're amazing. When you and I are giving thanks to God, when we're shouting to God, it's appropriate to do that. You know what we're doing? We're shouting to the Lord because the Bible says, shout to the Lord, all the earth. I mean, Psalm 47 says, clap your hands, all people, shout to God with loud songs of joy. I mean, he loves it when his people are excited about him. 
Psalm 66 says, shout for joy to God, all the earth. Listen, if all the earth should do it, if people all over the earth should do it, then shouldn't God's people do it? We shout to God. We shout with joy because of who he is. Now, I know as I'm saying that, that there are some people, and you're thinking this, you might ask, well, isn't that just a lot of emotionalism? And the short answer to that question is no. There's a difference between emotion and emotionalism. I mean, if, and it pains me to use this illustration, but if, if Patrick Mahomes, I'm just trying to reach you on your level. If Patrick Mahomes throws, of all things, a touchdown, and all of a sudden, the people are jumping up and down, and they're clapping, and they're high-fiving, that's not emotionalism. That's emotion. Because emotion is when you and I emote over something that has happened that's been done by someone. Emotionalism, on the other hand, is when you emote over nothing that wasn't done by anybody, which is like some other teams I know. I mean, that's, that's just... <laughs> you see, in church, it's not emotionalism. Because we're shouting to a God who is here, a God who is real, a God who is alive, a God who is touching, a God who is saving, a God who is at work, a God who is showing himself powerfully. So it's not emotionalism, it's just our emotion, it's our whole heart, our whole being. We're worshiping him with our spirit. We're worshiping him with our mind. We're worshiping him with our strength. We're worshiping him with all that is within us. That's what Thanksgiving is all about. Shout to the Lord, all the earth is what he says. And then notice verse two, it says this, serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing. Now, if you read some translations, it'll say worship the Lord with gladness. Some say serve the Lord. What, what's happening there? Really, technically it is serve, and yet we could say this, that when we're serving the Lord, we're worshiping the Lord, and when we're worshiping the Lord, we're serving the Lord. Yeah. So in that sense, there's a bit of interchangeability. But what I want you to know is the way we do it is what's really important. That we don't come in and, and do it because we have to. We come in and we do it because we get to. We're not out in the parking lot doing what we're doing, serving because we have to. We're doing it because we get to. We're realizing that even as I'm doing that, as I'm checking in kids in the nursery, as I'm helping kids in the elementary, as I'm shaking hands at the door, as I'm hosting in the auditorium, as I'm serving on a dream team, that what's happening is I'm not just doing it for the people around me, though I am. I'm doing it on behalf of the Lord, for the Lord, to honor the Lord, to draw people to the Lord. And when I do that, I realize it makes me very, very glad. I do it with joy. I do it with enthusiasm. I do it with a smile on my face. Gladness. How can we define gladness? Exceeding glee. 
In other words, we're just exceedingly happy with mirth, with laughter. So we're doing it with this great joy. That is a part of Thanksgiving. Every time you and I serve with joy, we're worshiping, we're serving, we're giving thanks to the Lord by the actions and the activity of our life. This is what Thanksgiving is. Psalm 122 and verse 1. The writer of scripture says, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. I hope you feel that way. I hope you're glad when it's time to come to church. I hope you think about the fact that going to church does more for you than it does for God. It delights his heart. But when you and I come in here, it changes our heart. It changes our mind. It changes our week. That as you and I are lifting up praise to God, it's fighting the battles of our life. We're, we're, having, we're experiencing spiritual power that's at work in our life, not only in this moment, but for the days to come, our life is different because we were in his presence. I mean, praise is so powerful. Then it says in Psalm 100 and verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing. And I want you to notice, it doesn't say come into his presence if you can sing. It doesn't say come into his presence if you feel like singing. You say, but John, I can't sing. Newsflash, God already knows that. (laughs) He knows you can't. But he isn't listening for the notes. He's listening for the heart. He's listening for the joy. He's listening for the obedience. He's listening for all the other things that bring joy to his heart because joy unexpressed is really not joy at all. And so we come. It's a celebration. Thanksgiving is a celebration. Number two, Thanksgiving is based on information. We're not, we're not just celebrating someone we don't know. We're celebrating someone we know and we're celebrating what we know about the one we know. Psalm 100, look at it, verse 3, know that the Lord is God. The first thing God wants us to know is who he is. He wants us to know what he does, and that tells us a lot about what he's going to do in our life. And right here, we've got two names for God, Lord, that's Yahweh, Jehovah, the fearsome name, the awesome name, the name that before the scribes would write it down, they would go and they would take a ceremonial bath so they were clean. And then they would come, they would write the name. Then they would take another ceremonial bath before they went on. Imagine writing the Bible as many times as Lord is in it and going through that. What is Lord? Yahweh, it's the eternally present covenant keeping promise keeping God. That means he's with you. He's with you constantly and he keeps his promises always. Yahweh, Lord, know that he is a promise keeping ever present God. That's Yahweh. Yahweh, Jehovah is Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim. What did we read in the, in the beginning? God created the heavens and the earth, the one who breathed and off the vapor of his breath, worlds formed. The one who is powerful enough to declare it and it happens. Know then that the Lord is God. Know then that the Lord, he is powerful. Look at what it says in Psalm 103 or 100 and verse three. It is he who made us. How powerful is he? 
powerful that he made us, the miracle of our human body. God made us before we were born. He knew us in the womb, the psalmist said. He helped knit us together. He made us. He's so powerful, he made us. He's Lord. He's so personal, we're his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. He's watching over you. He's caring for you. He's nurturing you. He's direct, even when you don't want him to do it, he's, he's doing it. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, all of us like sheep have turned away. We've each one gone to our own way. Still, the personally present God reaching out to us, loving us, caring for us when we didn't care about him, desiring to know us, when we didn't know about him or didn't want to know him. He's that kind of God. He wants you and I to know that, that he's a personal God, that he's a powerful God. But there's more he wants us to know in verse five, for the Lord is good. How do we understand that word? Well, we can say he's the best. He does the best. He is, another way to translate it is he's better. He's better than whatever you want to add after that. He's better than whatever you could think of. The Lord is better. He is beautiful. In other words, he is more awesome. He is more wonderful. He is more majestic. He is more incredible than you can possibly imagine in all eternity. Forget about time. He's beautiful. He's bountiful, he is good. His paths, the psalmist says, drip with abundance. He delights to bless his people. He delights to do good. Psalm 119 in verse 68 says, you are good and you do good. He is a good God. I don't know what you've thought about God, but he is good. He's good all the time. He does good all the time. He wants to do good to you. A lot of people have the idea, well, God just waiting for you to get out of, out of line and then he's gonna slap you down. No, that's, that's what the enemy wants you to think because why would you want anything to do with a God like that? But he's good all the time. He's the best. He does the best. He's, he's watching over his people to do the best, to do beautiful things, bountiful things, better things in their life. All those things, he's good. And his love endures forever. His, his enduring love. In the, in the Hebrew, it's the word, and you kind of got to go, so you go, chesed. That's the Hebrew word. It's the most used descriptor of God in the Old Testament. His chesed. He's a God who wants to continually show loving kindness to you. He delights, he gets excited about showing loving kindness. When he reveals himself, he reveals himself in loving kindness. We see echoes of this in Romans chapter two and verse four. It's the kindness of God that leads us to salvation, right? It's his kindness, it's his goodness. And how long does it last? It lasts forever. His love endures forever. If ever he's loving, he's loving forever. His hesed. And then his faithfulness continues through all 
generations, his moral fidelity, his truthfulness, his steadiness. He's faithful. He keeps his word. He keeps his promise. Jesus Christ yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. He's constantly there. He made a promise. He keeps his promise. You don't know. I mean, you think about John and him talking about, I felt God gave us that, that we walked around it. We prayed about it. And so he's sitting there and he's saying, you know, here's what he's saying to his board. When they're facing 60 days, not knowing how they're going to pay for the building. This is what he says to his board. Well, he's a God who does miracles and we need one. And I know he's going to provide one. That's the kind of God. Why? Because of this, his faithful it continues through all generations. Thanksgiving is a call to celebration. It's based on information, who God does. And finally, it's an invitation. Thanksgiving is an invitation. Look at it. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. God is opening the door and saying, come on in. God wants you to know his presence. He says... I don't, I don't only want you in the gate, in the gateway, but I want you to come inside the courts. I, I want relationship with you. I want you to experience my presence like you never imagined. The password to his presence is thanksgiving. I don't know about you, but you know, in the day of computers and all, and I'm the least computer literate person I know. I mean, I, I generally can figure out how to turn it on, but it goes downhill after that. <laughs> and so, you know, like you have all these passwords and, and, you know, so like you're trying to remember and then, you know, you have different things you log into and then you never use it. And then all of a sudden it's, you're back there and it wants your password and you're like, oh, what, what? password did I use? And so you're like trying to think of ones you used 10 years ago and you're thinking of old pets who've died and you're thinking of new pets that, yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, you know how that goes, right? You're like, oh, that, that's, that's not, nope, that's not it. You keep trying. Or maybe even worse yet, you've let the computer assign it. Have you ever seen that where it's like 10 miles long and it's all these, I mean, you have no hope of ever remembering that. I mean, you are just completely done if, if you, you know, did that. What's interesting is the number one, they, the number one passwords for 2021. Are you ready for, for this? Top seven. I'm going to give you a few of the top seven. Number one password is one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> you are so getting hacked if that's your password. I mean, come on. <laughs> Next one. One, 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 one. Next one. Zero, 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 zero. Some of you need to really change your passwords now because we all know about you. <laughs> but the password to God's presence is capital T H A N K Y O U. Thank you. And all of a sudden, you're in. That's the password to his presence. We start off with God. I just want to thank you for what you've done. I, you know, I, I realize sometimes, listen, if you're drowning, a good prayer is help. 
But all things being equal, if you got a little time, start with praise. Start with thanksgiving. Start with what he's done for you. Start with how he's helped you. Go back and begin to remember, you did this, and you did this, and you did this, and you did this. You know, one of the things I like to do on my phone, I've got the, the prayer list from our pastor's prayer days, and they go way back, and on my computer, I have them from my own, my own journaling. And it's so fun to go back through and read what you were praying for two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. And you're like, you did that, and you did that, and you did, you did that in an unbelievable fashion. You did that, you did that. And you begin to see this is a God who answers prayer. And you begin to thank him. Lord, you helped me here. You helped me there. You helped me over there. Lord, when I didn't know what I was going to do, you showed up in such a powerful way. And what happens is, you start thanking God and it points you in the right direction. Points your heart in the right direction. Points your mind in the right direction. Points your faith in the right direction. And you know, as a church, we have so much to be thankful for. I don't know how long you've been in the church, how long you've been a part of the church, but God is doing an amazing, amazing work. And it's important for you and I to give him thanks. Thanksgiving gets you in the gate. Thanksgiving is, is about what he has done and praise is about who he is. So you thank him and then pretty soon you move to, and the reason why this is happening is because of who you are. You're good, you're loving, you're kind, you're faithful, you're high and exalted. You are Lord over everything. You're the God who is all powerful. There's nothing that's impossible for you. You're the God who's omnipresent. You're always with me. You're a God who is gracious. You're a God who is merciful. You're a God who is kind, even when I don't deserve it. You're loving kindness. You are so good. And you begin to talk about who he is. You begin to talk about his beauty and his majesty and his glory and his and how exalted he is and as you begin to talk about not only what he's done but who he is you find yourself in his presence because the Bible says he inhabits the praise of his people it goes on and it says this give thanks to him enter his gates with thanksgiving but then just give thanks live a life of thanks and bless his name what does that mean? That means congratulate, celebrate, honor, exalt. It's the idea of a worshipful, magnanimous, abundant acknowledgement of who he is. Psalm 34 says, how bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my lips. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Sometimes we gotta get a hold of ourselves. Sometimes we gotta talk to ourselves and we gotta say, you know what, soul? You shouldn't be as downcast. You gotta get a hold of yourself. You need to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, verse two says, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives your sin, who heals your disease. It just begins to list them out one after another. It says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on his children. It says, as far as east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins and transgressions from us. Oh, Lord, I just bless you. I salute you. I honor you.
Listen, Thanksgiving's a celebration. Thanksgiving's based on information, and Thanksgiving is an invitation. And listen, you know what, as I think of all that he's done, obviously all of us could talk about the personal blessings that God has given us. The least of us has more than 95% of the rest of the world. So we could personally praise him for a lot of material things. We could praise him for a lot of spiritual blessings that he's given us. But my concern today is that as a church, we would recognize the season we're in and the one who is doing it. I'm too aware that people can at times assign what's happening to things that are less than the truth. I thank God for our staff. They're wonderful, but what's happening is not because of them. It's not because of Debbie and I. It's not because, oh, it's the right time, it's the right place. It's not because, oh, there was a void and they filled it. It's not because, oh, they're so organized. It's not because of this or that or the other thing. It's because God has set his hand on the church in a dynamic, in a powerful, in a wonderful way. And it's important that you understand that. And so can we right now. Come on, let's bless the Lord.